Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Cleveland Browns dominated the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. The Baltimore Ravens made a huge splash in the trade market to shore up their defense and potentially make a Super Bowl run. And they're drinking the Kool-Aid in Minnesota. I assume it's purple. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Monday Night Football pit the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns against one another, and it seemed like going in, it would be two teams headed in opposite directions. Now, two teams went in opposite directions in this game, just not the two we thought it would be coming in. The Cleveland Browns put it on the Bengals 32-13. to it was a game that was really never close. Joining me now from Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, this is one of the few bright spots on a Browns season so far this year, marked by controversy, by a lot of ugliness on and off the field. Of course, the Deshaun Watson story is, is taking up a lot of airspace. What was the key for the Browns in this one? Well, the Browns were able to stack together a second week of positives on the defensive side of the ball. Last week against the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson completed nine passes. They ran for less than four yards per carry. The Browns' defense played well. The offense, kicking game, whatever, just didn't work out on the road. Today they came in a little bit more confident, and it might be helping Joe Woods a little bit with the injuries that he has that you're only playing a certain amount of guys. You, you know, you, It's not this thing of, you know, I'm going to run these guys out, I'm going to run these guys in. The fact that he doesn't have maybe the full arsenal is making things maybe a little bit easier coachable-wise. Like Sione Takitaki, he, he saw a ton of reps. He never plays really in passing situations. Today, he had back-out responsibility. He was all over it today, broke down, made plays, uh, had a blitz that led to the you know the second uh, turnover for the Browns, the forced fumble that was covered by Tommy Togiai. That was a huge, huge step up. Martin Emerson, their top draft choice in the third round, this guy's a player. He just brings something different from the rest of the guys. He's got an energy. He's physical in in the run game. He, he likes to tackle. He's willing to tackle. He likes getting his nose dirty, always into it with his hands, always be able to deflect any balls. Even today, they called for a pass interference early. It should have been a holding call. He basically just grabbed the jersey from the you know, top of the pants. Should have been five yards. They called it for like 16, 17, whatever it was. The defense played really well today. Offensively, I am marveling at what Cleveland has been able to put together this season with a backup quarterback, with a group of skilled players in the passing game that is Amari Cooper, and it's almost Christmas time, the land of misfit toys at receiver. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are unbelievable. 172 yards on the ground. Jacoby Brissett, 17 of 22 for 278, averaged almost 13 yards an attempt. And Amari Cooper, five for 131 and the touchdown. How is this team with a backup quarterback and somewhat limited skill players manufacturing really remarkable offense? I think it's just, it's the culmination of things. And look, Jacoby Brissett, is he playing like an average to above average quarterback? Yeah. Is he playing light years better than Baker Mayfield played last year? Absolutely. That's the difference. It's not, 
forcing yourself into bad mistakes. And even today, you know, it was, look, it was an interception. They can call it a fumble all they want. It was an interception. Ball went forward, the handball came out, whatever. However you want to call it, it was a turnover. Um, But they're able to overcome these things. And the one thing, and this is something I had screamed about for the first two years of the Stefanski regime is, where are the vertical plays? Where are the shot plays? There were four passing plays today to Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper over 25 yards. And an unsung guy here is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones over his last five games is over 60 yards receiving. Mm. It was going to be a lot of talk how you were going to overcome the loss of David Njoku today. But I think the key for the Browns was the Bengals didn't know. The Browns didn't know. Like the Bengals were out there like, well, what are you going to do? Because normally you go to 85, 8, 9, 10 times a game. So they were kind of on their feet. And granted, look, the Bengals had injuries. They were down to, I think it was their fourth and fifth corners by the time, by the time this game got you know, late in the game. But you got to take advantage. you got to take advantage of these things. And they were smart. The third and six, Nick Chubb for 21 yards. You know, uh, setting up a uh, you know the the Mark Cooper touchdown. Uh, it was Kareem Hunt on a 15 yard draw. They're smart. They're they're. It's not so much predictable now. Stay up to date all year on the Cleveland Browns by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Browns podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Baltimore Ravens made a statement trade for an impact player on defense, and now could potentially have a big advantage in the AFC North race. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The Astros are favored to take the 2-1 lead, the all-pivotal 2-1 lead in the World Series tonight over the Phils. Bet Online has Houston's money line minus 123. The Golden State Warriors favored on the road against the Miami Heat. Bet Online likes the Warriors as one-point favorite and on the ice. There's a good matchup between the Bruins and the Penguins. Bet Online likes the Penguins by a hair on the money line minus 110. Bet Online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. After three excruciating interceptions, you may be wondering if the Jets are looking to make a change at quarterback. Robert Sala is sticking with Zach Wilson. I mean, the guy's four and one coming back as a starter. He does have a lot to do with that, avoiding all the sacks, being able to throw away the ball, keeping us on, on track, keeping us on schedule. There's a lot of things that don't blow up the stat page. But from a coaching standpoint, there's a lot of things that he's done to keep us at least from imploding. Yesterday was not a good game uh, in terms of just from a decision-making standpoint. He did a lot of good things in the game, too. There was a lot of explosive plays that he had and a lot of good things. There was, but those three critical mistakes were backbreaking, which he recognizes. And um, uh, those are the areas where, all right, let's hit the reset button. Let's talk about what we're good at. Let's And just make sure that we're taking care of the football at all costs and, and being good decision makers. Because it's one thing to, to turn the ball over in the, in the manner which we did yesterday. It's another one where you're just trying to rip a skinny down the down the seam and, and the safety plays an unbelievable steps in front and, and, and steals one. You know, it's just, um, but, but to answer your question, Rich, Zach, Zach's, a big part of the reason why we are in this position, why nobody would have had us at five wins uh, uh, at this point uh, to start the season, and and Zach's a big part of that. Not sticking, the Auburn football program. They have been in disarray for a while, and now the timeline may be pushed out even further for a turnaround. The Tigers let go of head coach Brian Harson on Monday. It's over. Brian Harson has been fired and is no longer the head coach for the Auburn Tigers. The writing was on the wall. The biggest question was, 
win. I'm Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn. We will be breaking down this big news, huge news for the remainder of the season. And of course, where does Auburn go? But all in all, Harson uh, continued to make this team worse. Players didn't want to play for him, including players refusing to go in towards the end of a game because they didn't want to burn red shirts. Terrible, terrible situation. Recruiting has suffered, and the era is over. Be sure to follow Locked on Auburn wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Your team, every day. Game three of the World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and Houston Astros was postponed Monday by a forecast of rain throughout the evening. It will now be played Tuesday with game four set for Wednesday. Game five on Thursday. Game six and seven, if necessary, will be played Saturday and Sunday in Houston with Friday serving as an off day. Originally, Thursday was supposed to be a travel day, but MLB pushed game six and game seven back a day to allow for travel now on Friday. The announcement came about an hour before first pitch Monday and after the Phillies took partial batting practice. Astros pitchers were warming up in the outfield moments before the tarp came on the field and the rain started. The Philadelphia 76ers will have their second round picks in the 2023 and 2024 NBA draft taken away from them as a result of violating free agency rules by having early discussions with forwards P.J. Tucker and Daniel House, the NBA announced Monday afternoon. In its announcement, the league said the draft picks were taken away because the 76ers engaged in discussions with both players prior to the date when such discussions were permitted. Seems pretty straightforward there. Philadelphia still has a second round pick in the 2023 draft as the Sixers will receive the most favorable pick of the Hawks, the Nets, or the Charlotte Hornets as part of earlier trades. The league had been investigating the 76ers since the summer when Philadelphia signed Tucker with its mid-level exception and House with its biannual exception, moves made possible after James Harden took a significant pay cut. The Buffalo Sabres scored... Wait, this can't be right. Eight? Eight goals? Wow. The Sabres win again, this time big, and all caps on B.I.G. Big in this game. Eight to three. The Sabres win over the Detroit Red Wings on home ice. Hold on. Wait, they might have just scored again. Uh, they're they're going to be making that joke for the next 24 hours. Tage Thompson gets six points in this game for the Buffalo Sabres. He gets a hat trick. Three assists along the way as well, including two primary assists. One of the greatest individual performances in a single game I have ever seen from a Buffalo Sabre by Tage Thompson on the night. And again, six points. All three goals were highlight reel goals. It's possible when you turn on SportsCenter Top 10, all three are going to be in the Top 10. So the Sabres back in the win column, six and three on the season. They run through the Red Wings from beginning to end in this game. They now sit with the third best goal differential in hockey with a plus 12 second place in the Atlantic Division with it being very early on in the next connection Wednesday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Stay tuned for, to the Locked On Sabres podcast for the latest on the Buffalo Sabres. Here is another story you need to know. The Baltimore Ravens will go for it on any fourth down and they will go for it in a season where they feel like they can make a run. And they did just that on Monday with the trade deadline looming. They go and grab Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears, a player who had asked to be traded this offseason. And they get him for a second round pick and a day three pick to be conferred 
later. Joining me now from Locked on Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. And Kevin, this is a Baltimore team that sits at the top of their division, at least as they're making this trade. They made the trade before we saw Bengals-Browns on Monday night. So what specific problem do you think they're trying to address? It feels like they're looking at depth right now, Peter, because obviously Roquan Smith is not a depth player. He is a star, an absolute stub, one of the best at his position, coverage-wise, sacks at his position, pursuit. He is in the top in all of those categories and more. But this just gives them more depth and more options on this defense. For a league that is trending towards those two high looks, Baltimore now has Roquan Smith lining up next to Patrick Queen. You have Malik Harrison in that room, Josh Bynes as well. It turns a position where if maybe Patrick Queen has to miss a couple weeks, you're kind of looking at a thinner position. Roquan Smith can now fill in there, and those two can play off of each other really, really well. Plus, Roquan Smith is just 25 years old. There are some questions right now as to, is this just a rental, or is there going to be a long-term extension? I think it's, it's very valid. But at the same time, for a Baltimore team, as you mentioned, that's on top of their division right now, it's going to be very interesting to see if they make any more moves at the trade deadline, but this was a splash and trading a second round pick for the Ravens is a big deal because they value their picks in a big way. But for a player like Roquan Smith, it's absolutely worth it. The part with a pick like that. And, and the part that if you're, if you're wondering, well, why would, why would you give up that much draft capital for a rental? If the Ravens were to let Roquan Smith walk this off season, they would get the compensatory pick, Roquan Smith, in line to get likely a lot of money. That could be a third-round pick. So you're really not losing that much value, even though that draft pick is going to come later, a year later than it would otherwise. So when you're looking at it, where do you cash out on this idea of, hey, this, this makes sense for the, the short-term and the long-term? Or are you going, I think this is this is mostly just a lottery ticket because he could be the missing piece on this defense that gets them over the top. And then... If that's the case, you can decide to pay him or not. Yeah, I think it's a little of both, definitely. I mean, this is a situation where if it is just a rental, there, there are a couple of layers when it comes to it. We talked about this over on Locked on Ravens, but there is the compensatory pick aspect where the deal that he's going to get is more than likely going to net the Ravens a third round pick if he were to leave. But that money that maybe if the Ravens made this move with, oh, we have an extension in mind for him. If he ends up leaving, maybe the Ravens use that money they had allocated towards a potential Procon Smith extension for another big time player, and that cancels it out anyway. So there are those layers to it, but in the event that he's signed to an extension, he's a guy that you can slide in on that defense as a star for years. It's not like he's 30 years old and just has a couple more years left right. in his prime. This is a player who is just entering it and is in it right now. A two-time All-Pro at 25 years old is no joke. And for the Ravens defense that has already been playing a lot better than early on in the season, we've seen adjustments and we've seen them continue to climb the ranks. This is an addition to a defense that I think is going to pay dividends. And it, it is absolutely a needle-moving move. Sometimes these moves are just pure depth move, trading a late-round pick here and there. But this is a move that moves the needle for them, especially after some really good wins, some heartbreaking losses. I think this will add more stability to a defensive unit that is looking to really turn it on during the second part of the season. Yeah, the blown leads have been the story of the Baltimore season to date. They're hoping that it is a much bigger story when they win a bunch of games in December and January. But right now, the Ravens 25th adjusting for schedule in run defense efficiency that according to football outsiders. So this is certainly a, a spot where they could improve to what, to what degree do you think a player like Roquan Smith can buoy a run defense that in the AFC, I don't know, against Patrick Mahomes, against Josh Allen, like that's not that big a deal, but against some other teams, it might be. 
And, and you still need to shore up that kind of issue if you want to be a Super Bowl team. Yeah, it is extremely important. Baltimore plays Cleveland again this year, who has Nick Chubb in that offense. And for Roquan Smith, he absolutely makes an impact in the run game. But he also is one of the best coverage linebackers in the NFL. And Baltimore has had an issue over the past many seasons, covering tight ends at times, covering running backs out of the backfield. You got to see Travis Kelsey. You got to exactly. see Dawson Knox. You got there's a, there's plenty of guys to worry about. Mike Kosicki if the Dolphins make the playoffs. There are so many of those players that you have to have someone who can check them. And the Ravens have, they've thrown multiple players at them, Queen, Chuck Clark, et cetera. But now you have someone who can do that at a high level and the key is do it consistently. So while he can provide that in the run game, provide the support that they need and free up guys, don't let guys get to the second level, the ability for him to pursue guys, the sideline to sideline speed. He he was a freak at Georgia in the, the best way possible. He was, he just went too far up, but it seems like Baltimore's always liked him a lot they get their guy and they trade some significant draft capital to do it so in my estimation that to me signals they believe in him and and they want him there for a long time we'll see how it ends up playing out but the fact that he is such a good player adding into a defense that is going to get Tyus Bowser back is hopefully going to get David Ajabo back is going to get Marcus Williams back it seems like at some point this season they are adding players already again to a defense that is improving Stay up to date all year on the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Ravens podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, they're drinking the purple Kool-Aid in Minnesota. The Minnesota Vikings are absolutely on fire and look like the class of a weak NFC North division. As Luke Braun, host of Locked On Vikings, points out, it's long past time to drink the purple Kool-Aid. This one felt real. I've talked about how so many fake wins and people have gotten mad at me for being like the, the team feel, felt fake. This one felt real. Um, so take that, home, take that to the bank. The Vikings are 6-1. and one. They are up to like 96% to make the playoffs, like 92% to win the North. Um, it's, it's happening. It's time to start thinking about where, how far we think this team can go once they get to that postseason. Uh, pretty cool place to be on Halloween. The thing is, it doesn't matter if the Vikings are actually good. I don't think they are actually good. Number one, it doesn't matter because no one in the NFC is actually good outside of maybe Philadelphia and possibly the Dallas Cowboys. Right now, right now, the Minnesota Vikings have a four-game lead in the loss column over the Green Bay Packers with 10 games to play. The Packers have shown no, and I mean no reason, for anyone to believe they can close that gap. So even if the Vikings are a fraudulent 6-1 and one, and they have been trying to give away basically every game they've played in and won this season, it doesn't matter because they're going to win a bunch of games. The NFC North stinks and they could end up being the two seed. They could end up being the one seed just because the East is so tough And the Eagles have to play everyone in that division a bunch more times. So drink up, Vikings fans. You you all know it doesn't matter. They're not going to win the Super Bowl anyway. They are allergic to doing so. And so enjoy it. Enjoy it while you can. And finally, there's another person who believes the Lakers should consider the Pacers trade. Pacers center Miles Turner. He said, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. He said, responding to a question about the potential swap as a guest on ESPN's The Woj Pod with, you guessed it, Adrian Wojnarowski. 
I know what I can provide for a team, my leadership, my shot blocking, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. Not sure how Pacers fans should feel about their own player advocating for a trade away from their team, but mark this down as another person who thinks the Lakers should trade Russell Westbrook anywhere, but particularly to the Pacers for Turner and Buddy Heald. Somehow this is not tampering, and I, I, I can't blame Miles Turner for wanting to be in L.A. playing for the Lakers versus in Indianapolis with the Pacers. No shots at Indianapolis, but it's not the Lakers. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, how good have those Vikings been this year? Like, actually. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.